Hello, hello, and welcome to the Good Life with Dawn Richards podcast. I am Dawn Richards, your host, and I'm so excited to be back with you. I am hoping and praying and trusting that you have been getting so much from our Return on Investment series. That is our latest series, and we are now heading into the fifth installment. So we've been at it for a while. I've been sharing um, over the last while uh, a lot on just what God gave me at the end of last year, kind of preparing me and setting some vision for this year. And he gave me a word around this year being the return of a year of return on investment for my life, um, which really heightened my expectations around that. And I have been seeing that word um, manifested in my life. I've been um, holding on to some key scriptures for me. And I've shared many of those with you here on the podcast. And I was excited to share this word with you because it's straight from the word of God. Um, so it means it's available to all of his children. Um, you know, again, the way that may um, manifest itself, materialize itself, come to pass in your life and in my life may be a, a bit different just because of our different circumstances and situations. But I do believe that it's not a word of private interpretation, that it applies to any and everyone that will lay hold of it, that will receive it for themselves, and that will trust God and continue to put faith pressure on the promises of God where harvest, seed time and harvest, um, as you sow, as you're diligent to sow. And we're going to look at what that can look like um, in our lives today in particular. That's what this episode is going to get into. But before I segue into today's message, how are you doing? I do pray that you are well. I do pray that you are um, standing in faith, if there are things that, you know, you're standing against, that you're staying strong in faith and keeping your spirit built up. Uh, as I like to say, feed your faith and therefore starve your doubts. So when we feed our faith, we starve our doubts because what takes over our faith? Doubt. And the way to get over that is to just keep feeding your faith. And the Bible tells us exactly how to do it in Romans 10, 17. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing, not just any old thing, not the talk show, not your favorite Instagram coach and influencer, but hearing by the word of God. And so God's word equals faith. This is just a mini faith course really quick in like 30 seconds. God's word equals faith. When you feed your faith with the word of God, you're increasing your faith. We all get a seed of faith when we're born again. Romans 12 and 3 teaches us that. And then we have the opportunity to increase that seed, to grow that seed, to um, see it materialize into great faith. Or in some places in the Bible, it talks about weak faith. So we, we choose. We choose. And it takes the same amount of um, effort, of time. I'd say time in particular to be in faith as it does in fear because we're feeding on something and whatever it is we're feeding on. Those words are creating better, bigger, stronger faith in our hearts and minds or it's detracting from our faith and it's creating better or excuse me, not better, but more fear. So <clears throat> with that being said, I do pray that you stay strong in the Lord. Um, you know, at times things can come against us, but that's just our call to persevere that's us knowing that God trusts us that he knows we can we can handle it because the Bible tells us in Corinthians that he wouldn't get put anything on us that we can't um, overcome and triumph over so I just want you to be encouraged and I do believe today's word as we kind of round out I always say this but again I don't want to say this is the final unless 
it really is the final until we get there. Um, and the only way I'll know that is when I'm done sharing. So I, I appreciate you um, staying in here, being hungry for what God would share with you, being hungry for what God wants to do in your life simply because you're his child, not because you've earned you know, some super Christian status because you've checked all these boxes, but simply because you are his beloved and I am his beloved. Uh, and that is all it takes for us to receive and latch on to the promises of God by faith. So with that all being said, let's go ahead and dive in to today's um, teaching message lesson, however you want to phrase it. I am going to share some from the scripture just to kind of recap a little bit of where we left off last time. So if you want to grab your Bibles, if they're handy, feel free. We're going to pick back up in Mark chapter four, and I'm going right back to um, the parable of the sower. So when we were together last, we saw that as it relates to seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping and ultimately return and investment, that the seed has to be sown. That's step one. And that seed we see many times represents a sower, in this instance, me, sowing what type of seed? Word seed, faith seed into the ground or into the hearts of the hearers. And we saw that those grounds and those hearts can take on four categories. There are four categories the word of God lays out as to where you're going to fall. You're going to follow one of these four categories because God is exhaustive and thorough in everything he says. So there isn't some other category out there that you've come up with on your own that you're in that nobody else knows about. But, oh, here I am. No, you're in one of these four. The good news about that is that you can identify yourself. You can locate yourself. You know, sometimes when I'm out, especially if I'm in an unfamiliar maybe shopping center or shopping plaza, and I know, you know, that I'm trying to get to a certain place, maybe a certain store, uh, maybe I'm trying to meet someone. I like to just take a moment, go to a legend and find that typically red dot that says you are here. Now, what does that do for me? As soon as I find that dot, it puts everything else in perspective about that shopping center, about that layout, about where I'm trying to go, because then I can locate where I want to go. And then that gives me my what? My roadmap, my pathway. But if I never identify where I am, if I never locate myself, then I can literally be passing it by a million times. I can be going in circles because I haven't located where I am in relation to where I'm trying to go. And so that is the beauty of the word of God. The word of God is so many things to us, but among them, it is a locator. It is a locator of where we are in our faith walk, in our love walk, in our trust and believing in God and how we relate to our fellow man. You know, um, if we're givers or if we're, if we're um, you know, people that are just, let's just say it, stingy, or maybe you want to call yourself parsimonious if that feels better to you. It tells us all these things. It locates us. And then it gives us the blueprint and the pathway to get from there to where we ultimately want to be and where God ultimately wants us to be. So we're never stuck, but we do have to start where we are. You can only start where you are. You know, if I locate that red dot and it tells me that I'm in the lower mezzanine and ultimately I desire to be in the upper mezzanine, I can't pretend like I'm in the upper mezzanine because I'm not. I'm in the lower mezzanine. I want to get to the upper mezzanine, but I first got to embrace where I am 
so that I can now get to where I want to be. And so that's where we are in the Bible. That's where we are here in Mark 4, looking at really quickly again, because I want to get to some other things today, those four categories of ground. And you can go back to the previous episode. I believe that's episode 46. And you can learn more about it. You can do more study on in your time. Um, it merits more study. I would encourage you to do that, especially if that was somewhat of your first time just kind of hearing those scriptures in that context. Definitely allow the Holy Spirit to enlighten that further in your hearts and in your mind. And so we're going to pick up in 13. And there Jesus is just making it clear to us that we've got to understand this foundational principle and these foundational um Things, if we're going to understand anything else about how the kingdom of God works, because ultimately the kingdom of God and life itself is about seed, time and harvest. And so here the Lord breaks it down for us. He tells us that the sower comes to sow the word and the word is the seed that's sown into these categories of heart. We have the heart path. We have the rocky soil. We have the thorny ground, which, again, I personally think that's where the majority of People fall. Um, Christians fall. Um, I think we get far enough along with the word of God and believing the word and and receiving the word and wanting that word to come to pass in our lives. But then we hit something called life and life in all of its ups and downs can sometimes take you off course where the word doesn't ultimately produce the fruit and the harvest that you desire and that God intended. So, again, you can locate yourself and see on any given day, because it may change. One year, you may be rocking and rolling and you may be that good ground. That's where we all ultimately should strive to be because that's where the return comes. We're talking about return on investment. You're making an investment. Here, the investment is the word, the seed of God's word. Just like you're listening to this podcast right now, congratulations. You are making an investment in your heart, in your life. Blessed be the name of the Lord that has the potential for eternal repercussions. So it's even greater. It's even higher in value than some other types of investments that you might make. Higher than what you could do trading stocks and, you know, in real estate and in any of those material realms is the spiritual realm because it's, again, what? The foundation. So we go through all of this and we finally land in verse 20 on the ideal soil, i.e. where we want to be. This is where we want to be. We may not be here, so we got to be truthful with ourselves. And you don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anyone else. It's just between you and God. But you locate yourself and then you discover that, hey, I may be in, in, in you know, lower mezzanine, but I'm trying to get to verse 20, upper mezzanine. So these are the things, Holy Spirit, that I want you to help me with so I can get there. And he will. And so in verse 20, we represent, we see the good soil. And the Bible says the good soil, again, which represents our heart. The good heart are those who hear and accept God's message and produce a huge harvest. Huge, huge. I love the word huge, (laughs) especially when it's aligned to harvest. Glory be to God. And a huge harvest could be 30 fold. I don't think they're giving returns like this out on the street. I hadn't heard anybody say, oh, I sold. Excuse me, I, I, you know, I I bought this stock and now I have 30 full return, especially not immediately. I mean, it might take a whole lifetime to get there if you got there. 60 and the ultimate 
which is where my faith is and where I think we all should put our faith because ultimately that's the that's the gold standard. That's the God standard. And God has already done it for others in the word. So we can have it too, right? If he did it for somebody else and he's not a respecter of persons, that means it's available to us as well. And Jesus wouldn't have promised it if we couldn't have it. And so finally, it could be a hundred times as much as, as has been planted. So just imagine just even in the spiritual with spiritual things, imagine planting the word of God on healing into your heart and accepting it and hearing it and, and letting it germinate and take root and actually grow up so it can produce healing in your life. And imagine that healing overwhelming your life so much that it's a hundred times greater than the health that you were walking in before. Meaning every single thing that was wrong with you physically and mentally and emotionally in your in your physical makeup and in your body and in your well-being in your peace of mind was now a hundred times greater, a hundred times more peace, a hundred times more calm, a hundred times more strength in your bones and in your joints and in your lungs. And, and your, your skin is vibrant and you, everything about you, your hair is vibrant. Everything of your eyesight is perfect. I mean, just imagine. Well, that's available. It's a return on an investment. So you don't have to wait for the healing evangelist to come to town. You can be your own healing evangelist. Just you, the Lord, the word, the Holy Spirit. And there you go. You've got a healing service to beat all healing services. You've got a healing revival to beat all healing revivals. You can make it happen for you with God. Remember, we're co-laborers. We're co-operators with him. The Bible teaches us that, and I so love that. I mean, if you're going to link up, you know, we talk about linking up. If you're going to link up with somebody or anybody, the ultimate person to link up with is Jesus and what he said to us in his word. So that is where we ended last time. And we see now what the foundation of a return on our investment can be. We see the God standard. We see how Isaac was able to ultimately, the Bible tells us in Genesis 26, receive a hundred times more than he planted in a land of famine at that. In the same year, things we know about that, we know that obedience was involved. Isaac was obedient to what God told him. It would have been very easy for him to say, you know what? This land is hard. It's not bearing anything. Nobody is prospering. Everywhere I look, everybody is broken, busted, and disgusted. How should I think that I'm going to be any different? But he chose not to look at, to pay attention to what it looked like and to let his physical senses, his five physical senses, overwhelm and discredit what the word of the Lord was to him and for him and his family. Now, one of the things that probably helped Isaac with that, with that is that he had a father who did the same thing. He had a father who listened to God. He had a father who learned how to obey God and walk with God to the point that he was willing to kill his own son because he trusted that God was going to raise him from the dead. God didn't call him to take that ultimate sacrifice because God took it with his own son, Jesus. But Isaac was the lamb, so to speak. And he was in the midst of all that Abraham was doing as he was obeying God. And God, in fact, was leading him, telling him to do that. And then God stopped him and God provided a ram because Jesus is the ultimate lamb. 
So Isaac had good firsthand um, examples and modeling of what it meant to trust God, even when it seemed like you might lose out. Even when it seemed like there's no way this can work. Lord, there's nothing working here. Like everybody's broke. Like the ground is not yielding, Lord. It's a famine. How are we going to eat, Lord? What are we going to do? But he trusted God anyway, and God rewarded his obedience. So one thing we all have to make sure we're doing is that as God does lead us to do things, lead us to go places, lead, lead us to change, lead us to repent, lead us to pick something up, maybe that we let go or, or, or start something new and let something go. Whatever it looks like, we have to be obedient. Obedience is tied to blessing. The Bible teaches that and teaches us that. It says we're blessed as doers of the word. A doer means you're doing what God said to do. If God said to forgive and you forgive, do you know you're blessed in that? Now, it may not look like you're blessed. It may look like they just got, you know, pulled the okie doke on you. It just may look like they got one up on you, that they were able to take advantage. And then here you are forgiving them when they hurt you, when they took advantage of you. But when you obey God, you never lose out. So that's where the trust has to come in. And that's what will give you the strength and the courage to obey. So it's not just I do any old thing. I just do what I want to do. And then, yeah, here comes my harvest. No, it doesn't work that way. You're going to have to be willing to give even when it feels like you don't you, you may not be able to give. I'm a living witness that giving is living, that giving works, not because we're buying our way into blessings, but because God honors it. He honors the cheerful heart. He honors the giving heart. He, he's a giver. And so as his offspring, the Bible says we love to give. And you should speak that over yourself. Maybe you don't feel like you love to give. Maybe you feel like you love to hoard and you love to keep what's yours. What's mine is mine. They got to get theirs. No, we don't just give aimlessly and randomly. We give under the direction of the Holy Spirit. We give in align with the principles God has already set out. And he's given us some directives already. And then we let him lead us further to be a blessing. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that you can never beat God giving. And when you give and when you enhance another's life and when you water someone else's life, you will be watered. You will be blessed. You will be lifted. You will be increased. Maybe maybe not from that same ground or source that you gave into, but God will make sure it comes to you when and how and where you need it. And even more glory to God. So take comfort in that. And again, Read your Bible. It's all through here. We see people being blessed. And the other thing I want to point out, I think I've said this before, but it doesn't require perfect behavior. You're not you don't have to be perfect to get manifestation from God to get blessings. Um, and let me be clear, when I say manifestation, I'm talking about the manifested word. I'm not talking about some of this new age. You know, I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to come up with something and I'm going to manifest. No, I'm talking about centered in the scripture, centered in the Bible, centered in the Christian way of living. I'm not talking about new age. I'm not talking about spiritualism and, and some of these other things. I'm talking about manifesting because all of it started with God. Karma is is seed time and harvest. That's not new. It didn't start with Eastern religion. It started with the word of God in Genesis, Genesis 8:22. It broke it down right there. So everything that we're doing The world has taken it and it's taken it and it's 
manipulated it and it's made it work. And some of them are getting better results than we as believers are. And that shouldn't be. They're taking the principles of God and working them. And because they're laws, they're spiritual laws, they will work for anyone that gets involved with them. Seed time and harvest is a spiritual law, meaning anyone that gets involved in it and with it, it'll work for better or for worse. You know, the same way that gravity is a law. Meaning anybody that decides they want to go all the way up to the Empire State Building and they don't even have to go that far up. They can go up on the top of their house. They can go up on the top of the apartment building and they decide that they want to try to fly that day. They want to step off. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter if they're the richest person in the world or the poorest person in the world. The law of gravity is going to work the same for both individuals. So likewise, the spiritual laws in the word of God are going to work the same for anybody that gets involved with them. Now, there's only so far the world can go without being linked, glory to God, without being connected, without being indwelt by God himself, because God is not going to let you build a life using his blessings and his goodness and his principles where you totally block him out. That's only going to take you so far. So most often when they see results, it's because God is wanting them to recognize the source. He's wanting them to come to him. The Bible says the goodness of the Lord brings a person to repentance. They, they, they wake up and they see, oh, my gosh, I'm so healed. Oh, my gosh, I'm so blessed. Oh, my God, my family is well. Oh, my goodness. God, I need you. God, I want you. Thank you. I should have been dead. You know, I did these things. I, I, I robbed these people or I did this or I did that. And Lord, I should be in prison. I should be dead. I should be sick. I should be broke. But here I am. Oh, here I am living. Here I am above ground. Here I am with the right mind. Oh, I want to serve you. I want to know you. Because only a good God could make that happen. That is the goodness, the aim of the goodness of God in the life of an unbeliever. But as his children, this is our heritage. This is our inheritance. It belongs to us. And back in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, there was covenant with God still. It wasn't the ultimate covenant that we operate in, the new covenant, the better covenant. But there was the Abrahamic covenant and there were different different covenants. There were, I think, a, a total of four. And I've done teachings on them. I think I may have some on my website. But nonetheless, there was the Abrahamic covenant. And God made promises to Abraham. And he told him, you know, all the things that were going to come forth because of his walk with God and believing God and simply because he trusted God. Abraham was a worshiper of the moon. He was not flowing with God, but God was able to pull him out of that. And because he believed God and he synced up with God, he got in step with God simply through believing and trusting that, hey, if God said it, I'm going to believe it. And it changed everything about his life and about his destiny. So by the time Isaac comes on the scene in Genesis 26 and we see him sowing in a land of famine and reaping a hundredfold <clears throat> right before that, if you remember, just like his dad, he had just told a lie. He had just gotten caught up in a lie, got caught in his lie, in fact. Not only did he tell the lie, but he got caught in it. And that's typically what happens. So if you're of the of the of the sort that you you go around lying all the time and telling lies, just know you're going to get caught up. You're going to get caught in your lies. But the mercy of God met him there. And, the, and it allowed him to go free from the consequences of that lie. But I say that only to say, because none of us are perfect. We all have areas where we're growing and developing and getting better. And, and the Lord is working with us. That's an example. The example and the purpose of the example is just to say, 
It doesn't mean you have to live a perfect life. We all prayerfully are getting up every morning with our hearts turned towards God, wanting to be our best, wanting to do the right thing, wanting to know God more, wanting to live more fully in alignment and in obedience to his word and his leading. But inevitably, we're going to make mistakes because we're not perfect yet. That will come when Jesus takes us back, when we go home, when we go to heaven. But while we're on the earth, we still have growing to do. We still have, and even when we get into eternity and that side of eternity, because we're in eternity now, we're just on the time side of eternity. When we get into the pure eternity where there is no time, then we're going to have the eons of eons of eons of eternity to know God and to grow in God and to love God and to be loved by God. And so we're very limited where we are right now. And we have to know that. And we just keep getting up every day, looking to the Holy Spirit who knows everything about everything, asking him to help us in our earthly sojourn, asking him to help us, whether that's helping us to keep our mouths shut when they need to be shut or speak up when we need to speak up or, you know, take some bold um, steps in a new direction. Maybe that we were a bit timid about whatever that looks like or apologize if we need to apologize to someone, um, you know, maybe give a gift to someone. If God is speaking you to bless somebody in a, in, a, in a capacity, all that. And I, once again, am looking at the time and I realize I haven't even halfway touched what I wanted to share, but I'm going to get going on that now. And so what I want to talk about, I think we're good with Mark 4. Continue to spend time there um, and just let that be built up in you more and more because that is the foundation. Without the proper foundation, without the proper root we will never experience the proper fruit. We will never get to that hundredfold return God standard. It belongs to us, just like everything in the word of God belongs to us. But we've got to make sure we're able to what? Receive it. Grace makes, grace makes all the blessings that we see here. Grace made our salvation because we're what? Saved by grace. And then how did it happen? Through faith. So just take that same <clears throat> prototype and apply it to everything else in our lives and everything else and our inheritance in God. Grace makes healing, faith takes it. Grace makes prosperity, faith takes it. Grace makes returns on our investment, faith takes it. Grace makes a happy home and a blessed family and a loving marriage, faith takes it. You see, that's the prototype, that's the model. And so let's talk about, in addition to this foundation, of the word of God and that being the primary investment and the foundational investment out of which all the other fruit can come up and flourish and we can benefit from. Let's look at some other ways to invest in ourselves, just practical things and ways that we can do because we know we can't keep our head and we, we likely don't have the luxury of keeping our head in our Bible 24 seven. We actually do have to live. We actually have to, you know, Take care of ourselves. We have responsibilities. If you have a family and children you're responsible for, you have those responsibilities in addition to a career and whatever other things you may have. So what are the ways that we can invest in ourselves starting now in addition to the word of God, in addition to what we've talked about? Well, again, the word of God is the first. So ways to invest in yourself. I want that to always be at the top of your list. Time in the word, time in prayer and being taught the word. And and, and that's where this podcast and and other sound biblical Christian ministries, your church home, prayerfully, you have a church home. If you don't have a church home, I want to 
encourage you to pray and ask the Lord to lead you to the church home that he would have for you because it is God's will for us to be connected to a local church. Yes, the pandemic may have caused you to have to take a step back from physically gathering together, but I believe if you're connected to a church, there has been that community that's still been available, whether it was virtual or, or in other, some other capacity, but you are connected. You can say, if someone were to ask you, where is your church? Where do you go to church? Which is how we typically say it. You would be able to name that particular church. Well, that is what God calls us to as believers. He's very explicit about us gathering together and not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, especially in these last days, because we need it more. We need each other more. We need that corporate anointing more. And so whether it's virtual or it's online or, or in person, um, but you need a church home and you need to be yielding yourself to the fivefold ministry gift that's been put in the earth and ordained by God for the edification of the body for the building up and the teaching of the saints so we can do the work of the ministry. And so that's your pastor, that's your evangelist, that's your prophet, that's your apostle, and that's your teacher. You can read more about those in Ephesians 4, so we're not going to go into depth. But that is that first category of investing in yourself. Taking your spiritual life seriously. Not leaving it for, oh, if I have time, oh, you know, if I feel like it, guess what? The devil will make sure you never feel like it. He'll make sure you never feel like reading your Bible. If that's what you're going to go on, he'll make sure you never feel like praying. He'll make sure you never go to church. So don't put it in that category of elective. Don't put it in that category. Or if I get time. No, you this is your very lifeline. Before anything else. Again, that's why Jesus said this is the foundation. Then everything else comes on top of it. So we got that right. So another way to invest in yourself through courses, through books, through podcasts. You know, when I got born again, the cassette tape was still in vogue. That's what we were doing. We hadn't even yet gotten to the CD. We got to the CD, the um, compact disc, a short while after that. But when I first got born again, we were still on cassette tapes. And so when I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, baptizing the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. When I tell you I was hungry like a wolf, <laughs> you know, that's a song from back in the day. But I was I was living out what Peter talks about when he says, as a, as a babe desiring the sincere milk of God's word, I was so hungry for God. I could not get enough. I was still a college student. I was a senior in college at the time in a whole other city then my church home, which I joined um, later that month, I, the, the church home that I had grown up in, God spoke to me. He told me to go to a different church. And so I obeyed. And I'm so glad I did. And I've been there for over 27 years. So my point being, that hunger drove me to buy almost every tape that my pastor preached. And back then, when I first got saved, I remember they were $4 a tape. Now, when you're in college, let me just give you some perspective here. When you're in college, we all know as college students, most of us don't have a lot of money. We're typically still, if we're fortunate enough to be able to do so, depending on, um, you know, some of mom and or dad's purse strings, which was my case. And I didn't finish school, even though I was a senior and I graduated that year. Uh, and I, I still had three more years ahead because I decided to go to law school and I got accepted into law school. So there were three more years of that. Um, heavy dependency, if you will. And so at one point I was um my, my ways of purchasing, you know, tapes and tapes and tapes on tapes on tapes 
was questioned by um, my financier, who was my mother primarily, and she was questioning why I had to get all those tapes. I used to take those tapes and I would feast on them. I, you know, you have a cassette player in your car. And then I had a, 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 a I guess what we call it, a boom box. I had those in my dorm room when I was in the dorm. And then when I moved into my apartment in law school, I had it there. And I was growing in the word. I was feeding my heart and spirit. That was an investment in my spiritual growth. You know, I didn't take it casually. Okay, I'm saved. Great. Now let me go, you know, just keep on living like I, I never got saved. No. My spiritual development, my spiritual growth outside of the time that I spent at church, because my church attendance was also very, very priority to me. And I was in church multiple times a week, even having to commute long distance to get there. Because I remember I was in school in a whole nother city, um, which was about an hour and a half away. So it meant catching rides, bumming rides, rides with friends and sorority sisters and different ones. To get to where I needed to be and where where my heart was longing to be, which was in the church of God, which was in the midst of other believers worshiping God and praising God and growing in God and just having him pour into me. And my mom asked me once, she said, why do you keep buying? I said, you don't need all these tapes. And I I really (laughs) had to tell her, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Now, I know she didn't she didn't really probably feel as passionate about it as I did because it was primarily her money buying the tapes. But the point being, and you all, I still have bags and bags and and uh, maybe even boxes of tapes. Some of them I may have given away over the years, but a lot of them are still with me. And I think I even still have a cassette player somewhere. Um, So if I want to pop one in, because most cars now don't have the cassette feature any longer. um, So that kind of took away from that. But can you imagine how much feeding you can do? There was a time in my in my career when I had an extensive commute. And one of the things that saved me, among others, of just not going stir crazy in a car like that with the traffic was listening to the word. Having that tape recorder in my car, that cassette player in my, in, as a part of my car and popping those tapes in. And, and it was like Bible school um, on top of me going to Bible school. That was like a ministry school. That was like a, on top of going to church, on top of everything else. That was like an extra dose of just word on word on word. And you can go leaps and bounds in a short amount of time. Just by concentrating, you know, your focus on the word of God. So if you are feeling as though your faith isn't where it needs to be and all of those things, I want to encourage you to do that. And I'm going to have to pick up next time because I am out of time, but I'm going to pick right back up on ways that you can invest in yourself. I thank you so much for listening. I pray this message has blessed you today. As always, please be liberal in sharing the podcast, liking, commenting, reviewing, subscribing. And until we're together again, always live intentionally and believe and receive the good life for you in Christ Jesus. God bless you.